is up, motherfuckers. What's going on? Yes. Man. Another day. Another thunder fucking story to talk about, baby. Man, All I'm right. pumped. Pumped. We are pumped. We've been talking about Team Canada, Team Australia. We've been talking about Team USA Select. This is that time of year where we get to look at our players playing internationally. And fortunately for the way things are going, next year is another one of those years. Usually... They take, it goes every two years, but we're going FIBA Olympics back-to-back years, which pumps me up. Oh, hell yeah, dude. What's up, Corey, Lovin, Corey. Jared? What's up, guys? What's up, man? Had a great conversation with Jared after the uh, pod yesterday. Uh, always loved um, getting to talk to guys after we uh, do a pod in the call-in. So um, definitely uh, um, stoked about uh, getting to know each and every one of you guys. So if you get a chance to call in, uh, the call-in information is on the description. I had to look at that for a second. But man, Mark, I want to get to this right away and say, um, yesterday I got pretty stoked. I, I did a short this morning um, that was really directed about the bench. Um, and, and, and when we had Jared and uh, George on the show last yesterday, um, I really wanted to focus on what's happening with this bench. I mean, we, we can talk about it in, in a lot of different ways, but the benches have been the most impressive way of, of what Sam Presti has done to accumulate a team that is really connected. Uh, you look at the guys that are hustle guys and Keyshawn Johnson and, and Kenny Hustle and, and Jay Will. Um, you've got one for every position almost. Uh, and, I, and I just love the way that it's designed to reward the players that are there the most and willing to work the most. And I, it's just to me, it's we talked about Sam Presti's masterpiece early in our, our podcast um, um, careers here, and we, we felt that Sam was making something that was so beautiful that it was just going to take years to figure it out you know, fully. And as time's gone on and, and Sam's collected all these different pieces from all over the board, you start recognizing that Sam has really put together this team, a team off the bench that is designed to create a mismatch in no matter what direction you go. And it's, it's beautiful, bro. It is, and we're going to need it. This upcoming schedule has been released, like Jared mentioned. Um, first yeah, game is October 25th against the Bulls, the 27th against the Cavs, the 29th against the Nuggets, and the 30th against the Pistons. So, honestly, like the Bulls, yeah, they're kind of weak, but every team should be starting the season full strength, right? Sure. And they have ambitions, so I wouldn't say that they're automatically easy. The Cavs... That's not going to be an easy game. Mm-mm. We know no, what no, the no. Nuggets are made out of. And then we have the Pistons, the second of a back-to-back. So we're looking to get started off fast, but those October games could leave us a little bit to a slumpy start at the beginning. Sure. A back-to-back, Denver, Detroit. Um, you know, those are going to be interesting games for us. Um, I, you know, I'm looking through the schedule, and yesterday I highlighted um, a bunch of stuff. But November 14th, it is a Tuesday evening, and we play against the San Antonio Spurs, guys. Circle TNT. that. Um, TNT. We are going to be having fun with that one. Um, then we have uh, back-to-back games against the Warriors right after that. That's going to be fun. But you keep on going down. You start seeing some fun games. But I, for me, when it stopped, and I was just like, holy shit, this is going to be bad, is January, guys. What's up, Shane? January gets a little hairy, guys. We have like six back-to-back games in January. We play starting off the Celtics, the Hawks, the Nets, Wizards, Heat, Portland Trailblazers, Magic, Los Angeles, Clippers, Utah, 
Minnesota, Timberwolves again, the Spurs on the 24th, Pelicans, Pistons, Timberwolves, and then the Nuggets to end. And I'm like, holy shit, that is, I mean, that's 17 games and it goes boom, 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 boom. Um, it's going to be hard for that team. You know, like January is going to be the make and break month for this team. I'm excited about it, but it's going to push us. February is looking a little nice. We've got some easy games and uh, they're separated. We think we only have one back-to-back game during that time. And the same is with March. So again, I'm just... I'm gearing up for January, guys. If I, if I have to circle a month and say this is the make-or-break month, we win a bunch of games here, we're definitely going to um, be looked at as the best team. But 17 games against what I would consider most of them playoff contenders. So let's talk about December because you're right, January is the focus. But December 2nd, we play the Mavericks. Sure. But then it's not until nine days later that we play the Jazz. That seems well, what's weird. What's that break for? Is, there, is that the in-season tournament? Fuck if I know, dude. Must, Does anybody I mean, know why there's that huge break? Damn early. But, all right, so that's that. Somebody tell us what that means. So the Jazz Nine the 11th, days. the Kings the 14th, the Nuggets the 16th, the Grizzlies the 18th, the Clippers the 21st, the Lakers the 23rd, hmm. the 26th against the Timberwolves, 27th, the Knicks, and the 29th, Nuggets, 31st, Nets. So, yes, there's tough games, but there is spacing between those games. Then January, like you mentioned, let's talk about just the back-to-back. It goes... The Celtics and then the Hawks. Okay, that's the first back-to-back. The second one is the Heat and then the Trailblazers. The third one is the Lakers and the Clippers. And the fourth one is the Trailblazers and the Spurs. So I guess uh, we got fifth a fifth one. one. Fifth one. There, I, I thought there was six, but... Pistons yeah. and Timberwolves. So those back-to-backs, each one of those has at least one winnable game. Let's start with the first one. All right, the Celtics and the Hawks. Obviously, we could win both of those games, but mm. odds are we'll probably have a chance to get the Hawks and the Celtics. That's going to be tough, but, you know, whatever. We're ready for that. All right, then we have the Heat and the Trailblazers. The Heat, finals-level team. Trailblazers, they're Suck rebuilding. Ass. What's up, George? <laughs> Lakers and Clippers. Those are going to be both tough games, but I think one of those is winnable for Man, sure. TNT. Clippers, TNT, think about Shea going home where he was drafted. I think uh, we win the Clippers game. Pistons and Timberwolves, at least one of those is winnable, maybe two. So while they are tough oh, schedules. You forgot um, Portland versus Spurs. There you Both go. are winnable right there. Right, so Both are totally winnable. So these are scheduling situations where a coach is going to have to look at that depth. And mm-hmm. like you mentioned, that bench. That bench is going to be what guides us through this. Um, I imagine in January, there's going to be, we're not going to be 100% by the time January rolls around. Somebody is going to be on the bench, nursing an injury, going through rehab, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Somebody's going to be going through something. Sure. So we need all that depth. And in January, it's going to be, it's going to pay to have it. These months are crazy. Last year, we had a couple of them. This year, it seems like it's all concentrated. Um, it was very similar last year. It was like, I think we had January and March for the tough months or something like that. But going forward here, I, I think we can get off to a really fast start. And then if in January we can stay above 500, then we could really push like a very, very good closing situation and maybe make a move similar to that first year with, um, with Shea, where Chris Paul was on the team, where 
suddenly we made a move into the fifth spot where, you know, maybe we're not going to make the playoffs and then boom, here we go. I hope it's not like that, but that's the type of schedule it looks like. You're right. And I think it's going to start off. I mean, right off the bat, like you said, October 25th against the Bulls, Cleveland, Nuggets. We got a little bit of break right there with Detroit, but then it jumps right back into November right now. We got the Pelicans, Golden State Warriors, Atlanta Hawks aren't chumps. Cleveland Cavaliers aren't chumps. The Kings are pretty damn good. The Suns are pretty damn good. We got the Spurs, which suck ass. Then we got back to back against the Warriors, Trailblazers, which I think are going to suck ass this year, Bulls, 76ers, Timberwolves, and Lakers to end it. November is the true, what's this team going to do? You know, like, you know, we look at uh, February, March, and April. We know this team is going to be able to put up a bunch of wins in those months. But we look at these other months in the beginning part right here. We're looking at November. We're looking at um, December as being a tough month. And we're looking at January. So we got three really tough months in a row. Like Mark said, we're going to be dealing with injuries. We're going to be dealing with all this other stuff. So I'm really focused on what this team can do to teams that they're supposed to win against. Because we don't have very many, I don't feel like, in the first you know, few months. So it's going to get interesting. That's a good point. How do we handle the teams that we're supposed to beat? You know, do we take care of business? A lot of young teams don't do that. They'll beat teams that they shouldn't beat, and then they'll lose to teams that they should beat. So we're hoping for some of that maturity. Um, we saw a lot of good things happening, like Jared says, where those, those tough months ended up giving us a lot of momentum last year. Um, hopefully we can see something like that again, because we want to walk into the, the playoffs and not necessarily have to you know, make a run at that play-in again. But if we have to, we'll do it. But I, I'm assuming that we're better than that this year. I, I mean, I hope so. I mean, I, I think that we're going to be tried by fire. And I, you don't really know how a team is going to really react to that until they're, they're put on, under the, uh, onto the flames. You know, like, I, I want to say that this team is going to go out and start off with uh, incredible, you know, first 20 games and go like something like, um, you know, 16 and four or something like that in the first 20. But the reality of this is that who we are playing, if we went 16 and four, right, we would be talked about as being the best team in the league because of our schedule in the first part of it. You know, people would be like, holy shit, they just blew out all these teams out of the water, you know? And if that was the case, that would be our, our moment to shine. You know, like we've got to be comfortable with this team doing some crazy things this year that is, is, is going to be shocking. And then we're going to have to be comfortable with this team just sucking ass for a little while, you know, as you're trying to figure out as other teams adjust to this team, you know? And I think that's a lot of things that we're learning is that like when teams adjust to, to Shea and try to shut him down and keep him under 30 points a game, which is going to happen, you know, you're going to see some box and ones and some traps and different things like that thrown at Shea throughout the season. Um, but when that happens to Shea, is, is J-Dub and Giddy and Chet going to be able to step up and put up like 60 points? You know, like these are the things that matter. And I look at it and I'm, I'm saying like this team, they have a lot of great, incredible assets, incre incredible abilities. But the only way for figure out what this team is going to be able to do is, is the first 20 games of the season. Is to see what this team is, is capable of doing when they're put under the fire. Because this first 20 games is really going to show us where this team's at I'm mentally, physically, and everything else. Because it's going to be, it's, it's a gauntlet. I mean, it truly is. I think we have about four games in the first 20 games that are games that we should win. <laughs> I mean, it's not many, guys. 
So if we flip that around and everybody's like, oh, damn, they won 16 and we only thought they were going to win four. Shit's for real. That's what I'm looking forward to is how do we flip the script? Because a lot of people aren't going to come out thinking we can do that. But if we can get on a run early, then get a little wind out our back, get some momentum. So I'm pumped up, man. I think that this FIBA is going to help us get off to the right foot. Um, you got you got Giddy, you know, doing what he's doing. Shay doing what he's doing. Dort doing what he's doing. Jack White. I'm starting man. to fall in love with Jack White, bro. And Jack White's going to get more playing time now that um, Lindell went down with an injury, bro. I mean, that that ankle injury is going to be out, take him out for a long-ass time. So we're going to see more Jack White than anticipated, which, fuck yeah, man. I mean, our hearts are with Lindell. But, you know, we love us some Jack White. Thunder up is what we got, dude. Um, <laughs> Mark Howitt, shout out to him. We got another super thanks from him. Um, oh, hell yeah. Mark, Thanks, we appreciate buddy. you, man. That was a hell of a tip, man. Thank you. And, man, I want to throw this out here. Is, um, uh, our conversation um, with Caleb the other day, man, was amazing. You know, a lot of times what you guys don't see is, like, we get a chance to be on here with you guys that call in. Um, but when the podcast ends, we all stay on. We all chat. We all, we all talk about shit. Um, we shoot the shit and, you know, Caleb really encouraged us the other day. And, and one of the ways he encourages us is kind of giving us a, a, a lowdown of what he thinks is going to happen in the NBA from now and in the future. And it really put a, a viewpoint on what the Sun- Thunder, you know, assets are and where people view this Thunder team. And it's exciting, man. I, I get really pumped, dude. Like you can say that this team is going to be good in five years, but to say this team is going to be the league's best blank in five years is truly spectacular. And that's where this fan base is going to continue to grow. And we won't forget you guys that are all um, part of us to start on, um, you know, calling in when you guys call in and all that other stuff. So we do appreciate you. And uh, if you guys want to call in, it is in the um, description. So go look for the description in the bottom right there. Click more and you'll be able to see where to click to call in for the call in show. So definitely fun. We enjoy it. So we've been talking about it a little bit. We got starting off. Canada versus Spain. We got a week to go. And one thing that we're really looking forward to, like we did um, live game shows, game shows, live game podcast or whatever. We just hung out during the games. Yeah. Um, but we didn't really have call-ins last year. No. It was just you and me hanging out and everybody in the chat, which was fun. But this year we've been working on the call-ins during the summer so that during the games, we can spend more time hanging out with people in person. So that's the thing. Get the Collins in now, guys, so you have the, the link and you're used to it. You got all your audio set up. It takes a little bit for everybody to get on the same page. But then when the games are hitting, maybe we can have five or six people all sitting around smoking, no, enjoying the watching goal. the game at the same time. I mean, like, you know, uh, uh, Jared and George both came on yesterday and it was just nice to be able to sit there. And again, as the game's going on, you get in sync, you know, you get everybody in sync watching the game and, and everything else like that. And then it's just it's just enjoying being able to go to a bar or go to wherever and just call in, you know, and be part of that. So I'm excited, man. Here's Caleb, man. I'm pumped. Caleb's back here, guys. What's up, Caleb? All right, man. How you doing? What up? Good to see you guys again. Yeah, for sure, man. man. All right. So how you been? Dude, solid. Um, Watched the Canada highlights from last night. I thought I haven't seen them yet. 
Okay. I think Shea had like 22 points and like six rebounds or six assists or something. He played a good game. Um, it's hard to get the full context of what he did. I felt like in just simply from watching the highlights of the buckets being made, he seemed quite passive. But, I mean, these aren't like super serious games yet, right? Like they're yeah, right. just trying to get warmed up and acclimated and get the chemistry right on court. So, I don't know. It's always like food for thought. I think the biggest thing, like, I saw this in one of the other recent games that he had, but his uh, his jump shot is looking smoother, mm. in my opinion. And it's like you know, I've been I think I've come on your guys' show now three times, and we jam out about how excited we are about Chet, Giddy, J Dub, mm. and a bunch of other guys. But it's like, man, we really do have like, if I could pick any up and coming superstar in the league, it would be SGA or Doncic. You know, yeah. and it's like we 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 got one of those guys, and You're he's right. so good. And he's just getting better and better and better. And it's like, dude, this guy put up 31 points, a, 31 points a game last season on stellar efficiency. And he's just going to make another leap, dude. And it's just like, we're, we're in such a grateful position. It's so much fun to, you know, look at our new shiny toys, if you will, with the draft mm-hmm. picks and everything else. But it's like, dude, we got the coolest toy on the block, which is SGA, <laughs> right? And anyways, it's pretty dope. You, you mentioned you think that he might be poised for another leap. Like, what do you think that might look like? Um, I think it, you know, in a weird way, I see him becoming more efficient in the mid range and the post up. Hmm. Um, maybe being less willing to draw contact at the basket. And I see him almost making like a, transition almost like what Kobe did where he becomes like this back to the basket mid-range post-up kind of guy even almost kind of like a DeMar DeRozan Mm. style right and it's like I want to see him be assertive in that area because I think it just opens everything up that's fascinating I like that I agree and I want to say this about his jump shot um his jump shot I always felt like it had a hitch in it you know, like yep. mm-hmm. you would see him go up and had a little bit of a hitch. Um, I, I, do, I didn't notice that hitch at all. The, the few um, um, shots I've seen him take, um, contested shots I've seen him take. Also, I feel like his release is higher. Like he took a page out of KD's book and he really um, focused on his getting his release higher, recognizing that they're going to stick taller guys on him now um, because it's just the way it is going to be for him. Um, so I really think that he focused a lot on his release on um, being higher. To me, um, it's kind of a key thing in the NBA um, with these new guards, these tall, lanky people that are coming out. Um, you know, you see KD have this crazy, amazing release. And if you think about it, if his release was an, even an inch or two lower, Chet would be blocking it every single time, you know, and you start understanding like what it means, even like an inch or even half an inch higher release. So um, definitely Shea's been really um, focusing on that release this year. And it makes me happy because out of all the things that I've seen in his game, I wouldn't even call it the release a weakness of his. I wouldn't even say that that's something that would be a weakness. But the fact is, is that the sh- shooting coaches and the coaches are working on that, man. That's, that shows you that this guy is on the right, the right path. You know, you mentioned Luca and Shea kind of in the same conversation. I, I know a lot of people will look at Luca and say, well, he's, he's got the better career so far, which is fair. You know, he came in and he lit the NBA on fire his rookie year. And it took Shea some time to to amp up to where he's at. I like the trajectory. That's preferable to me. But the thing that makes Luca's game elite, obviously he can shoot the three, but like if he just shot that three, then I would think that there would be people who could stop him, you know. But it's that skip pass. It's that cross court, one handed, like his ability to just to 
thread the needle and destroy teams when they overload one side. So if I'm looking for Shea to make an improvement, I'm thinking that position when he's got it at the high post where he's got it, maybe even the low block, if he sees four or five sets of eyes on him, right? And he understands the ability to shift the defense. I mean, you mentioned Kobe, like that's something Kobe understood. That's something MJ Hmm. understood. It's the, it's that triangle offense mentality, you know, and once you get the ball in the spot where you've got three or four guys on you, you've got to get it to the other side of the court and let Hmm. people attack closeouts. And I really see that as being a big part of Shea's game coming up. I, I want to throw this out here. I, I'm no longer comfortable with saying Kobe mentality with Shea or Michael Jordan mentality with Shea because Shea has his own mentality, man. You know, like what Shea's doing is different. You know, one thing that Michael didn't have and one thing Kobe didn't have was they never had Josh Giddy. They hmm. never had J-Dub, a player like J-Dub. And that's to me like... Like Shea is going to have his own fucking mentality when it comes down to it. And, and I, I want, I want to start being the person that talks about Shea's mentality, you know, like started early in his career because he deserves it. Like what he's doing and showing up every fucking day, you know, working harder than the next person, doing what it takes to become that next best player. Like it's, it's showing a hundred times now. And I think people are starting to recognize it. And then just look at the votes from, you know, first team, um, all NBA, you know, like it, it's for real. It's to me, it's the pressure he puts on the rim. Like, if you want to talk about his mentality, it's like everybody knows he wants to get to the rim and he still gets to the rim. Like, or even gets a foot in the lane. A foot in the lane. Yeah. I mean, I mean yo, think about ch- it. Check, check this out. I'm looking at his advanced shooting stats right now. So, in his second year with OKC, the 2020 2021 season, less than 10% of his shots were coming between 10 and 16 feet. The wow. next season, 13.1%. Last season, 24.6%. Wow. Meanwhile, his shooting efficiency from that same distance, 10 to 16 feet, has gone from 38% to 44% to 51%. So, like, that's where the wow. improvement has been with him. And he's already showcased an ability to become more aggressive in that range and significantly more efficient in that range. And so, hmm. that, that's what I'm saying is, like, I expect to see a continuation of that trend. Okay. So, if he's not peaking yet, where is he going to be peaking at in those numbers, do you think? I, have we ever I seen mean, a he, player that's, that's been able to peak at his numbers at this? I mean, I, it's insane. I don't think I've known a player that's shot 50% from that short of range at, what, year four of his career. Not unless they were, yeah, like, shot. Right, yeah, exactly. And especially in such, like, a three-point dominated guard-driven league, right? He's, you know, 88% of his shots last year came from two point range, only 12% were from three. And, you know, that three point percentage has gone down since that 2020, 2021 season went from 30% to 28% last year, 12.2% of the shots coming from three. Mm. So like, he, he, he knows his strengths at such a young age and he knows like, you know, man, I don't know, dude, I'm, I'm so hyped for him, bro. Like. He's just, he's almost kind of flipping the Harden Curry strategy on its head Mm. in a way (laughs) by saying, okay, you guys are super efficient at either getting to the rim or getting to the free throw line or putting up threes. I know I'm not that efficient from three. That's not my strength, but I'm craftier than both of you guys. Mm. And so I'm going to be able to get to the rim. I'm taller and longer than both of you guys. I'm shiftier than both of you guys. 
So I'm getting straight to the rim or I'm getting to the mid range. And that's where I kind of like, he kind of has that James Harden esque aspect of getting to the free throw line and getting to the rack, but he does it so much better than James, I think in a lot of ways. Um, at least James, who James Harden is right now. Right. Um, and so right. it's like, that's what I see. I just see shade doubling down on everything that's been working for him, which is getting to the bucket, getting fouled and hitting that post up. But I, I really want to see him now that we get more weapons and Chet coming yeah. out there, especially being able to space the floor. Like mm. how does Shay just operate in the mid range? Can we pass it down to him at 18 feet and see him push a guy down for five feet in the post and then do a left hand or not left hand, but left shoulder, right? Like pulling up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, it'll, man, it'll be, be sick. I, I, that was a th- yeah. something KD went to a lot in his career too. And, and, and Dirk, and Dirk did that too, you mm-hmm. know, like he was able to get the guys on his hip, the shorter guys on his hip and, and being six, six, like he is with his lanky, lanky arms, like understanding that, you know, his game is so powerful. Like we've been, you were talking inside of that, you know, three point zone, but he's been working that three point shot. And if that gets up to a 40%, like you've got to go up there and respect him more. You, you, you got to get up there half a step more and how much more effective is he going to have or be when his defender is half a step closer to him. I mean, that means just easier to get by him. And I think that's what I keep going back to is that, you know, the small things that he keeps doing in his life and, and changing the small, and it, it is small, it's tweaking his game in, in slight ways. It's, it's put him in a position that, um, unlike some of the other greats that we've seen, and that you mentioned James Harden, and why I think Shea is, is, is more valuable than James Harden will ever, will ever be is because Shea plays defense at a very, very high level. And when you're having a team out there and you have a player like James Harden who just lets guys go around him, you know, like it creates this, you know, we don't give a shit mentality. But you have your star out there that, that is, is working as hard as everybody else on defense, man, and it shows what is expected out of each and every player. And, you know, it's exciting because Shea is, is not known for his defense, but if you look at how many steals he gets, like it should be known for his defense. He should be. The way he gets out and runs, you throw J-Dub out there. and It's exciting, man. You're going to get some, a lot of buckets in transition, bro, for sure. Shea is special. Everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's too nice, man. I'm trying to find if I can't get the data, I guess, but I was trying to see his, like, the uh, percentage of his points that are coming from the free throw line because I think that'd be pretty interesting. You know, like I, I guess I could calculate it, but I, I just don't want to. I'm too lazy. <laughs> um, uh, maybe I'll get that data prepared the next time I come on because I think that'd be interesting, right? I, I'm he sure... averaged ten point one free throws a game last year, right? Something and he like, like that. Ninety percent. So that'd be like and, yeah. Nine. So he hit like nine points in free throws a game last year. I mean, it, yeah. it's spectacular. Like Jade. I mean, if he teaches anything to J dub and to um, Giddy and Chet, how to get to the free throw line is key. key. Which has been a thing for all thunder. Great players, right? Like they understand how to get to the free throw line. It's one of the things that frustrates other teams so much. And when they go somewhere else, it frustrates us, but like Harden, Russ, (laughs) you're right. KD, Harden sweep, live on the free throw line. I mean, it's free. It's free. Yeah. Yo, like, I, I mean, I haven't done enough digging, and I don't know if I've necessarily heard you guys talk about him too much, but um, how are we feeling about Mitchich? We like him a lot. 
I just, my biggest thing is I don't know what's happening with this team right now. Like we have so many yeah. players that are question marks. And if Mr. came to this, the squad and said, Hey, um, Sam, you know, I want to be in the NBA next year, but I want to play for blank team, you know? Um, but you have to wait to trade me until I think it's, um, October something, you know, or it's the end of August, whenever the, the deadline is that you have to hold on to a player. Um, so mm. Um, I, I'm interested in that. Like, what's going to happen with that? Because if he did want to go someplace, then you know we'll find out in the next uh, three weeks. Um, but if he didn't want to go anywhere, then he's on this team, and that's when I get excited about it. But I don't know, man. I get I get really antsy about it because you know you look at White. You know, he's another guy I want on our team. But we just have so many players right now. You just got to start, you know, looking at which ones are going to be um, cut and which ones aren't. You know, Trey Man, JRE. Um, you've got Ty, Ty and uh, Garuba and all these other guys that you're sitting here wondering what's happening with. So, yeah, dude, that, that's the hard part. That's the part I'm not looking forward to, but it's coming up fast with, they've got to make be some trading decisions. some guys too. We have to like, you know, mm-hmm. I like Bertans. We haven't talked about Bertans at all, like at all. He's never come up in any of our conversations. And I think that's just because I think we keep him for a year because I do too. He's, he's worth more than expiring. I think. What's up, Jared? What's up, Jared? Jared, on, Caleb, guys? Caleb, Jared. What Jared, up, dude? Caleb. <laughs> All right, yeah, doing it the right way. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think Bertans, uh, he, he adds a pick and pop flair, I think. But also, even if we don't play him, um, we just hang on to it. He becomes salary next year. Expiring salary cap matcher, man. Yeah, so who knows? But sometimes I've been like, oh, I think we'll keep this guy, like Kemba Walker. I thought we were going to keep him around. Nope. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to keep, um, I don't know. I, I kind of thought we'd keep VO. I kind of doubt that now. Like, I'm pretty bad at this. Like, when we get down to the bottom <laughs> of the roster, I get, like, emotionally attached to guys that aren't going to be on the team. But, I mean, think about the trade package we could put together. And I'll throw this to Jared in a second here. But the trade package that we can put together with, you know, even just Trey, Man, Mischich, you know, JRE, um, you know, you can start putting together any, you know, group of these guys that are question marks if they're going to be on the team next year. And you can start seeing how strong this trade package could be. Um, is it one of those things that that's what Sam Presti's trying to do, do you think? Jared is is as beef up this trade package that he could get or do you think it's just one of those things that uh he just collected because people were offering free second round draft picks? I mean, no one's Sam Presti and he's a wheeler and dealer. He's probably looking for a bigger and better trade out there. <clears throat> I mean, you think he goes after Pascal Siakam? I mean, is that a good name that you like? Yeah, but I don't know that we can pry him free. He's he's expensive. Yeah, he's, you're he's right. And really he's expensive. on an expiring I mean, deal. Lot. He's a free agent next summer. Yeah, oh, really? Have to be more of like a yeah, I didn't realize that. I, would I like his skill set, though, a lot. I mean, I, I, I would be up with a player for like Scotty Barnes if he was available. I mean, like a young player that's, you know, a couple of years um, after a draft that a team isn't necessarily bought in all the way to. Um, but I mean, Siakam has always been on my wish list. He's always so good. But I also think Scotty Barnes could be a better version of Siakam, you know, over time. So to me, like they have two really good trade assets right there that I don't think they're committed to 100%. So. I'm really interested in, in seeing what some of these trade packages that will end up coming out our way because I mean, we've got these players, you know, like we've got a really good, if, listen, if a team's like, we need a bench, we have a sucky bench, like Portland calls up and says, our bench is the worst bench ever. Can we cherry pick five of your benches, bench players? 
you know, like, and we'll send you two draft picks, you know, first round in 2020, whatever, you know, um, I would have a hard time saying no to that shit, you know, yeah. because again, just because we're giving Portland a bench doesn't mean they're going to be very good. All right, let's take a vote real quick for Robert. Um, All right, what do you got? His, his birthday is coming up and he wants to know if you should get a J-Dub, Giddy or Chet jersey. What do you guys think? I'm going to, I'm going to go J-Dub, but that's just throw it out there. Me too. J-Dub. All right. All right. Um, I don't have a J Dub yet, so I've I've been like <laughs> conscientiously like waiting for it to come. Um, uh, but I'm gonna go with Giddy, man. I I I think oh, if yeah. you're gonna buy on a player right now and you're gonna get a special edition um jersey, go fucking with Giddy, man. I love I love Giddy. I'm all in on Giddy. I was gonna say the same. All of his rookie problems. Yeah. Yeah. See, all right, man. So Caleb says Giddy too. So Robert, I hope we helped you, but we. <laughs> Split decision. <laughs> Split decision. Two right choice <laughs> is to go with Chet since it was on. Get them both. Gotta get them both. <laughs> get all three. Uh, I'll get a Nick Collison. There's a there's a blast in the past mm-hmm. right there. So they still sell those. I wonder. Yeah, man. Um, you got to get them through that um that website. It's the uh, authentic um jerseys. Oh, okay. I got um I got Dennis Robbins the other day for my nephew. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> so. Hell yeah. Number Go 10, Robin. Detroit. Oh, you went Detroit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I went straight to the old school one, man. Like where he got his, his balls, bro. Yeah, man. Dope. Good shit, dude. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you guys stick on with us. Um, we're going to um, talk to you guys afterwards. But everybody else, we appreciate you guys. And we'll be back tomorrow to continue to talk some Thunder Love. So, Robert, we narrowed it down by one for you. So hopefully that helps. (laughs) All right.